Coming up on the Michelle Mission, we play Six Degrees of Durville Martin with Vincent as Vincent tries to get from Durville to James Cagney and Sandra Bullock. We also sit down with WRTI 90.1 FM's Bobby Booker to review the 1996 Academy Award winning documentary, When We Were Kings. And speaking of the Academy Awards, we talk about the slap heard around the world. Stay tuned for The Mission. Hi, everybody. What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the home stretch, episode 295 of The Road to 300, and we are reviewing the Academy Award-winning documentary, When We Were Kings. When We Were Kings. Yes. And joining us in this review tonight, returning to the mission after far too long, it is the voice of jazz herself from WRTI, Bobby Booker Bobby in Booker. the building. What's going on, Bobby? Hey. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. <laughs> you know, I, I left my lair a little early just to come here and hang out with you gentlemen because, ah, you know, why not? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Good to see you. Oh, man. Why Why not? Indeed. Uh, shout out to each and every one of you watching us as we are streaming via StreamYard to Facebook, as well as YouTube, as well as Twitch. Hello, hello, hello. And all of you in the chat, I see you. Good evening. Good evening. Well, Vincent. Yes, sir. It didn't take long. Okay. For us to hear from the missionaries and one missionary uh, in particular. <laughs> Your brother, Damon. What's up, Damon? Can't wait to hear what <laughs> Len and Vince have to say about the slap oh heard and seen around my the world. Can, can y'all take us out to dinner first? <laughs> my goodness my gracious. gracious. Get a kiss on the cheek or something. Well, well now they, that they, you're they talking maybe about cheek might Maybe needed a little kissing. Get a show? I mean, can we go go to a show? Like, take us out to a show? And well, dinner and a show? You just... Right into it, huh? Well, yes. We're leaning right into it. Oh, okay. So as you um, as you may have heard, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Academy Awards happened yes, this, yes, this yes, they weekend. Did. Yes, they did. Uh, speaking of Academy Award winning documentaries. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul. Philly represent. Quest Love's uh, documentary won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. Yes, it did. As presented by one... Chris Rock. Chris Rock was the presenter. Yes. Um, before that, Chris Rock was the victim. Well. Some would say. Well. Some would say he was uh, duly throttled. What goes up <laughs> must come down. Yes. So just to put it, uh, put a, uh, uh, a note on it, ladies and gentlemen, at the Academy Awards, as everybody knows, Chris Rock came out to um, give the doc the documentary Oscar. He started as he is wont to do. He's a comedian. He poked uh, some jokes at some of the stars. Make a little jokey jokes. Uh, for uh, our sitting give you around, war. yes. Mm -hmm. 
and he decided after hitting on a couple of couples and people sitting a, a, around mm-hmm. to take a jab at Jada Pinkett, mm-hmm. uh, making a joke of, about her low, low haircut and saying that she was preparing for G.I. Jane 2. Yes. Um, Jada Pinkett, who does suffer from alopecia, which is the, um, I would assume, the main reason why she keeps her hair. It is, is it, I think it is 100% the reason why she keeps her hair. She's been quite she vocal about that for a number of years. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, d- did not take too kindly to his, his jab. Mm-hmm. Uh, and neither did Will Smith. Who then proceeded to step to Chris Rock on stage mm-hmm. and slapped him mm-hmm. straight across the face. Yes, he did. Yes, and he did. lest anyone think that this was a setup, a skit that was played out, he, uh, Will Smith, after returning to his seat, proceeded to twice mm-hmm. announce very loudly yes. to all of the foreign foreign uh, broadcasts that broadcasted live mm-hmm. Um, for Chris Rock to keep his wife's name out of his fucking mouth. Yes. That is a direct quote. That is a direct quote. Um, and he, he said, said it twice. He said it twice. He quoted Just that in case, because there was some different, there was some distance between right. the table and where Chris Rock was. So you have to make sure that people can hear you. He made sure they heard him in the back. Mm-hmm. Yes, he oh, made so. sure everyone heard. Oh yeah, so that is certainly what happened. That is what happened. No question. And um, people have been, you know, <laughs> it's been the talk of the town. I, I don't know if people have jobs. Because <laughs> that's all they. Were I was doing. surrounded by so many people of leisure. I didn't know people didn't have jobs. Yeah, because that's all people have yeah. been talking about. Were you? Did you see this, uh, Bobby? I must admit uh, that I did not see it live as I was partaking in a similar activity. I was uh, on Clubhouse hanging out in a room that I had um, suggested that we hashtag the Oscars because I figured people will be splitting their attention. Mm -hmm. And boy, oh boy. So it it was it was it's like I was peppered with a whole lot of opinions. I'm sure while this was going on. Right, so right. there's uh, there's Twitter, <laughs> there's Black Twitter, <laughs> which is its own dynamic, and then there's Clubhouse, and um, it was uh, it was very interesting. Really, and it, and not only the the slap which at that point you could only see um, and hear the full thing from, uh, I think the, the Austra- first one was an Australian guy mm-hmm. who filmed it on his his widescreen television. That yeah. was the only available <laughs> footage at the time that you could fully take in. And, um, and then uh, maybe about uh, 25, 30 minutes later, we'll gets this award mm-hmm. and and so now the conversation is now taking a whole other turn right um, he wins the uh, the award for best actor for right, best right. King actor. Richard. for king richard yeah I, I must admit someone in the room did acknowledge that quest love had won uh for uh, his yes. his documentary and that was good to to hear that acknowledgement but um uh hmm. I I I uh, needless to say I I've got a, a, a number of issues with what happened, mm. um, you know, because here in Philly, 
uh, slap happens. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I was curious for one, that there's, there's just so much that we don't know about what is the real reason for this action to take place. Um, yeah. Cause there's been talk that there may be like some bad, there's a bit of bad blood between them. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, the it, it doesn't even, you you know, there's just so much that is unknown. And mm-hmm. um, but I am of the firm belief that we watched a a mental health crisis um, occur. Oh, really? Uh, I hmm. do believe that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't add up um, uh, to be jovial and, and laughing and the affable nature that uh, Will Smith has portrayed. Uh, over the course of his professional career in, in all of his arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a, a huge break from um, um, the character that he has exhibited and um, a volatile break. Yeah, big. Um, especially with him bellowing and utilizing profanities. Mm-hmm. In in such a manner, right, and 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 doubling down on it, yeah, oh yeah, it yeah. there's you know, um, to me that is is uh, is definitely evidence of uh, an emotional and mental health uh, crisis hmm. um, that may or may not be fully addressed, uh, but the repercussions are just. Um, uh, are going to be uh, phenomenal um, because I think a lot of people were shocked, uh, needless to say, the Academy, um, but just um, viewers and friends and uh, people who are even casually I- engaged with the character that has been presented for now well over three decades. Mm-hmm. That is Will Smith. Right. This is this is not that. No, not at all. No, and no. this is uh this is this is troubling. Dare say you may have expected to see, shall we say, this exhibition of emotions during his red table discussion mm. with Jada about entanglements. You might say that that was the beginning of um of the unravel, uh, uh, along with the uh, uh, time that he's invested in reviewing his life history to um, write his memoir. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no question, you know, uh, when you you write your life story, you're you're laying it all out there, and you are an open wound. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I, I would hope he gets the help he needs to get, but I'm uh, a bit more concerned. I guess one of my my big uh, things is is that um, uh, this wasn't just a slap in the face for for Chris Chris Rock. This was a slap in the face for Philadelphia um, as a person who uh, heralds um, um, uh, this city as as his beloved place of birth. Um, I'm of the firm belief that this should have and could have been handled in a very different way. And um, I haven't really heard anybody address, uh, you know, I've heard Philly folk like, yeah, that's how we, 
We know. That's how we do. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard some Philly guys say a little bit differently. Like, I've heard some guys say that they might have, like, all right, this is what I've heard because it's a lot of it echoes what I, what I peeped in that situation. Mm-hmm. The Will Smith that we all know and love mm-hmm. reacted to the joke the way we expected him to. Mm-hmm. He laughed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wasn't really thinking it was all that funny. Sure. But it was a public setting. He knew that, you know, at worst, Chris Rock was maybe being possibly insensitive, but thinks he's being funny. I'm going to laugh it off or whatever. <laughs> right. Jada demonstratively was like not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And Will peeping her, mm-hmm. and then also then you know you hear the audience kind of like groaning too. Mm-hmm. Right now, all of a sudden he's got a oh man, I've got to saddle up here and I've got to do something. Now, when he started walking up there, I thought that he was going to probably just have some fun with him mm-hmm. about it as a way of showing like yo, that's not cool, but you know right. we on TV, whatever. Right, right. but. Obviously, that's not quite what he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole, like most of the guys that I've talked to, and I've talked to guys from every strata of Philadelphia over mm-hmm. the last couple of days. They've even reached out to me or whatever. <laughs> and almost 90% of them have said, like, you know, man, I can see dude maybe wanting to say something to do, maybe even laying hands on him. But you got to know that you don't do that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to know mm-hmm. that you don't do it right there, man. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, like, and I ain't saying he necessarily <clears throat> should have done that, but I, you you don't do that right, man. That, that That's maybe to your point, maybe some type of I, there's some emotional stuff or something that he's, he's going through. I, I even question e- e- even the, the, the action of a smack. I'm like, well, was well, that purposeful? Well, that's just ultimate disrespect. Right. I, I think he was checking her. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was all, well, I'll let you off. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead, no, go ahead, no. Go ahead. I, I, look, I like to center in these in these situations the person with the least power. So mm-hmm. of these three, that would be Jada Pinkett. Right. Hmm. And I really want to know, and, you know, frankly, at this point, like, it's so many moving pieces to this thing. It's like a day old. Like, it's no telling what else is going to come out. But I would really like to know what she thought about him doing that. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, much like you, we've had, I've had conversations. and, And the variable has been when he should have handled it. Right now, much like you, I think everyone that, you know, again, and it's 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 fascinating kind of watch how the reactions break down. Like, you don't want to just simplify it and say that it's kind of gendered. Mm-hmm. But I think. The majority of the men that I've spoken to have all agreed. Chris Rock said some foul shit like that was foul. Him talking about her hair like that. And. And this is me talking. He wanted to say that to a white woman. Like, I think we are real loose with black women and there's a pattern of it. 
And I thought it was foul what he said. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the variable is, okay, should Will Smith have walked on stage and smacked him like that in front of everybody? It's during the Oscars, this, that, and the other. And quite honestly, I think that's between him and Jada. Like, I think if Jada Pinkett Smith says that, that you know, I was upset, my husband saw I was upset, he stood up for me, Um you know, it's it's funny. I, I was um, I was reading Michael Harriet earlier, and Michael Harriet said, "This is the type. You know, sometimes people get get popped in the mouth. Yeah, like true. sometimes people get true. checked." He said, "This has happened at a party. That w- this wouldn't even have stopped the music. That's true. Like this was not, you know, like like you know, I did, with respect to you and 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 you know, did, did, you know, he was having a mental break, and I've heard people say this to me, and you know, he's out of control and." It looked like Will Smith was very much in control. No, I don't think he was out of control. Like, I think he went up there, dude was out of pocket, talked about his wife. He popped him in the mouth, said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And then, you know, let's, now we can move on. Yeah, but you still don't do that. I mean, and Regina King I probably had- wouldn't have done it. Regina, Regina. Regina King made a, a a statement about she 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 made a, a left of center joke about their open marriage. Regina earlier. Hall. I mean, yeah, Regina Hall. She she made a, a a statement. I mean, I think an open marriage is actions. I think mm-hmm. it's another thing you were talking about. A, her physical appearance. Mm-hmm. B, she actually has a condition. Like like this is a sickness. Yeah. Like I even would say, okay, you make, you know, we all making, everybody made entanglement jokes mm-hmm. and you know, you got to eat that Chris Rock. I mean, um, you <laughs> got to eat that. Yeah. yeah. Like y'all did the red And table. they did eat, they did, they did eat that. Right. Right. You got to eat the entanglement jokes. Mm-hmm. But I did like, cause I have to say, I didn't even understand the joke at first. Like, like I thought it was re- not even referring to the entanglements more just you know well, because even, we're friends well, I didn't like, even whatever. understand the whole G.I. Jane thing until like it oh took, you're talking about the Chris Rock I'm talking or... about the initial joke about G.I. Jane 2 like you you can you know I can't wait for G.I. Jane no, 2 no well I I got the joke no I'm saying I didn't get the joke that may tell your age too right but <laughs> I mean we're old enough I remember when G.I. Jane came out yeah we all were we all were here when G.I.J. No 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 but that's the other thing too is that it you know and let's go back to where this came from don't forget that Chris Rock I'm not a Chris Rock apologist I'm just saying that when it comes down to Chris Rock he was uh, basically there to read his script which was the other thing you weren't here to perform right right. just go ahead say your little there's a whole squad of writers that put all that together right and, you know, Chris delivers. And I got to give him credit. Now, when it comes down to professionalism, he still stayed on mark. I mean, what else was he going to do? After, hey, look, he could have balled up a fist and went at it, too. You I mean, know? I guess. And now I'm back to Will Smith wasn't out of control. Chris Walk weighed 130 pounds, sopping wet. So if it was The Rock, you think? I 100% think that Will Smith would have went and did the same thing if someone <laughs> said something out of pocket about his wife. Maybe. And and if, it, you know, and, and had he been the topic of that joke, you know, would, would Jada had had, you know, laughed and, and I, I also have issues with what I, I, there's a, a control dynamic and I understand what Will was saying when he said love makes you do crazy things because I, I think, 
You know, he's definitely wrapped around Jada's little finger. Um, and not that that's a bad thing, but I, I think if when you're at the cusp of what was this, his fourth Oscar nomination. Right. And, and God he knows was, how many times he's been going for one. He's been going. Right. You're at the cusp and you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're definitely you know, folk are saying this is going to be the one you're there. You're and, and, and then you, you go down this road. I'm, I don't, um, there's just something that doesn't add up. And I suspect it doesn't add up because there is so much more to this that we have no clue about. Now that now we do agree about that. But I do not want to take the spotlight off of Chris Rock, who began the series of events that led to this. With, again, a joke. That wasn't even a joke. I disagree. I I. I in that it wasn't a joke. It was a joke. It wasn't a. It wasn't that funny of a it joke, a even though joke. I got it. Right. But it, it it was a joke. Um, and while he was sent up there to 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 basically just read a script, mm-hmm. he's Chris Rock, so you know they're also sending him up there. Hey, poke a little fun at people, right? And then get to your thing, right? And until you show me some footage of him making fun of the appearance of some white women. Like Chris Rock been making jokes for thirty years. No, 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 no. So you know. Well, okay. I, I, I can't. Whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it was a great joke. I'm not saying I would have. It's the joke that he should have went for. I think that in, in the pantheon of jokes, you know, that type of joke alone is just low hanging fruit. Like you don't go there. I'm saying it was mean spirited. It was actually mean spirited. The Negro made a whole documentary about black women in their hair. Well, okay. I mean, is that not true? No, he like, did. Like, am I making I mean, up stuff? He did, but it's not like he did it yesterday. Oh, oh so since he didn't no, make it no, yesterday, no, all, all he's I'm, not aware of the relationship of black women with their hair. All I'm, all I'm saying, again, speaking to both of your points about mm-hmm. we don't know everything, right? Is that I think it is, even though. I'll be honest. I find it hard to believe that he doesn't know about her, didn't know about her alopecia. Right. But given him the benefit of a doubt that he may not have known about it, the joke, as tired as it is, I think it's him just going through the room and and just saying a dumbass joke. I admit it's a dumbass joke. But I'm giving him the benefit of a doubt. Lynn, all them funny looking white women in there. Well, they're okay. I mean, no, no, I mean, no. I mean, look, if we making jokes about people's looks. Okay, but how you stop it, Jada Pinkett? Okay, but first of of all, first of all, first of all, and maybe and maybe I'm wrong and and God knows people are going to get at me. Right. (laughs) The joke is about the 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 low cut. Right. Which. It was in the movie. I mean, yes, it's a stretch. It's a bad joke. Right, right. She, but in she, the movie G.I. Jane, right. Demi Moore shaves her hair. Yes, sh- yes. Shaves her hair like that. So that's what he's referring yes. to. But it's it's not it's not necessarily like saying like, oh, you look crazy there. He, he's not calling her like 
unattractive in any type of way. I think that's the implication. I I don't that I you didn't look think crazy. So. I didn't and think you so. You could be in GI Jane too. I honestly, didn't now think you so. and I both saw the joke. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't. Th- this I think it was a, a stupid joke, but I don't think he was necessarily calling her calling her unattractive. I don't, and that's just and 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 maybe me. I'm giving him a little bit too much leeway. Yeah. I'm admitting that it's a dumbass joke, right? But I don't. But that that's my read on it. Well, you know, as a person who has and maintains short hair, and have heard like my fair share of comments. And I and no, I don't have alopecia, but this is a, a this is a, a choice. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always treasured um, the direction that um, uh, Jada and Willow have gone mm-hmm. in terms of their embracement of showcasing hair and not mm-hmm. having hair. And I think um, they wear their beauty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when Jada first came on the set, she was she kept a little pixie cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 She was famous times. for it. right. Yeah. She kept a little. So I I, I never really leaned into uh, what having alopecia meant to her because to me. She's just one fine woman that right, sure, has absolutely. always yes. worn her, her hair on a shorter and 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 has has just in everything I've seen her it's been style grace and beauty and I felt that those were attributes that she had passed um especially uh to uh her daughter and watching the red table you know I'm like okay she gets it honest because you know her mother is 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 another example of uh, just just fine black women that that wear it well, mm-hmm. in spite and despite all the other madness that's going on in their lives. When when they when they hit the world, they just looking good, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I um, and I <laughs> and I I don't know. I I always felt that that for me. Um, keeping my hair in um, this style is um, is my example of self empowerment because I refuse to allow my hair to rule me. Sure, and I just have a a, a lot more things to do in my day and in my life overall than to worry about a curl. And I'm one of those folk. If it's not going to be perfect. If it can't be set straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm I take my power back by by doing this. And I always felt that in, in very empowered by what I saw with, with Jada because I felt she carried herself well. And she's been leaning into where she's at with this hair by wearing jewels and yeah. and other just enhancements mm-hmm. that have shown the beauty of black women that that go back i mean millennial right this is not a new thing for us we've always leaned this way mm-hmm. this is so i i i you know and and when i think of gi jane i always think that that was probably the most 
Um, to me, that that was another example of empowerment. When you can make that move and and get rid of those locks, then you exhibit another example of power within yourself. But I obviously am not the norm. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, is... and while I agree with you, I'm going to stick to this point. I don't think that was the spirit in which that joke was told. Well, f- uh, just looking at the chats, because the, the missionaries are going uh, having their say. Farrell Blackwell says that um, he believes that no way was the joke uh, mean spirited. Uh, Toya Haynes, our uh, social media guru, said he had made a comment about Jada boycotting the Oscars, saying you can't boycott something you're not invited to. So there's no telling what else he said, talking about the um, potential, the bad blood that has been between them. George Kimona says that he thinks that the Javier Bardem joke was more vicious. I didn't necessarily think that one was vicious. I think it was something about like if Penelope Cruz wins his wife. Right, right, right. You can't like, go home. You can't go home. Right, right, right. right. Which, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's more vicious. Uh, in that, either way. Um, Neither one of those, that, that joke was not about anybody's physical appearance and certainly I, I, not about a woman's physical appearance. I, I, I hear you, Vince. Um, Miss right. Makiba says, post people talking ish about Chadwick's appearance as he battled mm-hmm. cancer, That's it was right. lazy too. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and, um, and reckless. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll get that. I, I give that. And, and Toya just on, on one, makes one more point. Will Smith may have just been tired of him talking about her in general, and that was the final straw. Yeah. I, 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 now yeah. I can. That is also that. a read. Yes, that is, and that's probably more to the point. I would, to be honest. Look, man, <laughs> that's that man's wife. No, and that's <laughs> that's that do. man's like that ain't his girl. That's what you gotta do. That's that man's wife. Well, mm-hmm. how did you feel? First of all, well. So, you, know, you know, we congratulated um, uh, uh, Questlove for the Summer of Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, let's now congratulate Will Smith on finally absolutely achi- achieving his dream. Absolutely. Winning the Oscar for Best Actor in King Richard. And good then, for him. Good for him. Um, and then he came up there and, and gave a speech, which people feel one way or another about. Look, I mean, how do you give a speech at that point? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some people who feel like he shouldn't have been, you know, been there to give the speech or he shouldn't have. Look, it was weird how it all played if out. If Chris Rock would have said something about John Krasinski, what's John Krasinski's wife? Oh, I, the actress I who was who actress. was in The Quiet Place. And John Krasinski marched his big old gangly self up on stage, <laughs> popped Chris Rock in the mouth. We'd be having a totally We'd be ha- There'd be all these think pieces about the new chivalry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, he, he defended his wife. This is manhood 2022. Man, you think that would have been... I 100- Come on, dog. I'm just asking. I'm, like, I'm asking. Right, and, I'm not, and I'm not talking to you per se. Oh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. You know, people are going to start talking to me like I just woke up in America last night. Let's stop all this. If somebody asked the question, what do you What do you think this story would have been if Will Smith had smacked Ricky Gervais? Okay. I think it'd be the same type of thing because the bottom line the is... The same thing as the John Krasinski or what it is now? No, the same thing as it is now. Okay. Like, I ha- like this whole notion uh-uh. Uh-uh. of Will Smith 
out of control. Mm-hmm. Like he's out of control. Like he got the a whole narrative. Like he was slapping people and knocking over tables and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. I don't like the implication that what that man said about that man's wife was not reason enough for dramatic action is where you start. That is between that man and that man's wife. Okay. But First this, it does all, sound like you're justifying what happened. It sounds like that to me. I'm I'm not justifying anything because I don't know what Jada Pinkett thinks. What I did think though, like as soon as I figured out what was going on, because I didn't see it, like, you know, me and like I was watching like the um the 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 unsung with Moni Love. Like like Camille was watching. She actually texted me and Wendy and was like, I think some I think Will Smith just cussed out Chris Rock. Come and then I saw and I watched it. And this is the God's truth. Like when I figured out what had happened <laughs> and I saw it, I said, Well, I bet he don't say nothing else about Jada. And then I went back and I watched the, the rest of the unsung. Okay. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. Please, okay, okay. please. <laughs> but you know what? He ain't gonna make no more ball head Jada jokes, I bet. <sighs> Go ahead, Bobby. You, you know. <laughs> well, so how is that unsung? Just, you know. You know what? It's fascinating because Moni Love has had this really interesting life. She has. True. I just never thought about it. You don't? <laughs> you just, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I, I my my real my problem with what happened is with back to uh, Will Chris Rock in this ceremony that that they were at and what it's supposed to be in terms of the pinnacle of uh, a, a career success. Mm. And that this action took place, because I, I know I'd already mentioned how this is a black eye on Philadelphia, and I, I feel very strongly about that um, because um, there's that weight of responsibility that um, um, Will Smith uh, has as um as uh, obviously as a family man as he would um, suggest that he was protecting his family much like the character he portrayed and won an oscar for and and big ups to um, richard williams who, mm-hmm. you know i mean I, honestly i one of my favorite YouTube moments, just to, to divert just a little bit, is uh, uh, Richard Williams uh, putting the uh, reporter yes. in check. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Who's and, and Venus is just sitting there like, mm, mm-hmm. go ahead, Dad. Daddy, do what Daddy do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it was not obviously it was not the first time, nor would it be the last time. But it was just beautiful that that was caught on tape. And I, I understand that because I had a black father who fought. Um, tooth and nail uh, for me to be able to uh, be the creative that I became. And um, but I am troubled again because there's still the responsibility you have, not just to your family, but to the society and to all that you represent. And 
the actions that Will Smith uh, chose. And this was a, a bold-faced decision from no, the way no he walked on mm-hmm. stage to, oh, the way, yeah. to the way he even cocked his face slightly to the right before he came back with that smack from Mississippi. Um, I think I saw one thing. It's like he... He reached back to South Philly and smacked yeah. him the broad and, <laughs> broad and uh, uh, broad uh, yeah, like broad yeah. Alney. I, was, I was like, oh, that's so Philly. Oh, it's beautiful though. Um, um, but this still opens the floodgates for uncivil interactions between people, mm-hmm. and I mean, especially when you you look at the the life of performers and being in the spotlight. And already knowing what you have to deal with. And when I say performers, I'm not just talking about on stage. I'm talking in our Internet lives, Mm -hmm. all of these things, what we're doing, that someone um, may not agree with my point and feel that they can basically emulate um, Will Smith. I believe he's he's opened a door and set a dangerous precedence Mm. for things that we may not even see unfold. And yeah. he knows this based on the remorse that he has expressed, mm-hmm. based on 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 how he has now responded. And to 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 add to it, Jada threw her two cents in earlier today with a tweet that said, you know, if this is healing season, Ooh, I'm here tongue. for it, you know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just like there's 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 so much the trickle down effect could cascade into something that will flood our society in ways that um, could have been avoided with a bit more emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and. Just outright social responsibility. But again, why does that have to start with him? I think he carries a heavy weight in that regard, and it should start with someone. Well, I mean, maybe with you the know, we who all started the process. But he, you know, I'm I, I'm not at all mad at Chris Rock for doing his job and maintaining and doing his job even through the end, even though he was a little flustered and and messed up some of those words leading into the rest of his stuff. Naturally, so. But he still stayed the course. He did not fight fire with fire. And I think the actions were too extreme for the situation that was at hand, especially for what it was overall. And I don't know if there's any amount of remorse that can be expressed by uh, Will Smith that will resolve this because um, this has been let out the gate. And uh, sadly, one of the things that really bothers me is the impression that this gives to others outside of the black community. Um, Knowing what the Oscars had been going through to uh, change their dynamic from the hashtag Oscars so white. Um, you know, uh, th- this is not exactly the the notion that I uh, felt would, 
I, I would never in my wildest dreams would have imagined something like this occurring to make the Oscars oh so black. Oh, and Bobby, that come on, is these people have no moral authority to judge us because of this. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's fair at all if we're talking about representative. I think like I if think Will, Will Smith is representative of us, and he is, then if then that means that white people have to be representative of all of them. And certainly, I mean, these people, how long ago did we do Rosewood? How many days ago was that? That was about two weeks ago. Like these people burn down towns and murder people I over lives. I understand that. So, and, you know. and because of all of what this is, because of the optics and, and everything, um, you know, I, it, it will become that. I think one of the, I think one of the more pivotal pictures I've seen that came out of the, um, the uh, post-Oscars party at Vanity Fair was um, the uh, dichotomy of Will Smith dancing to getting jiggy with it. And then there was that table full of folk who are obviously taking in the gossip. They're looking at one person's phone and there's one guy who catches the, the, the cameraman mm-hmm. as, and it, it just tells the story. This this is nothing but an all-white crew that's taking this in, and it's a part of their gossip. And it is unnecessary fodder, sadly, it, and it will be used that way. And and again, there, there are just so many ways that this can go. I think one of the more, um, and it probably won't get the play that it deserves, but I have always appreciated um Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who um, uh, is is a very thoughtful writer, mm-hmm. and he's uh, addressed this issue. Yeah, yeah, I read his essay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's one of the smartest pieces I've seen about it because, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it puts all those cards on the table and... Um, uh, again, it's it's going to be hard to put this this horse back in. The Oscars have been forever changed, and there's no getting around it. And I'm going to hope, with fingers crossed, that it's for the better. But I suspect it will not be. Yeah, I just want to take um, a moment. I I help produced they actually recorded here in the bat base this other podcast called here in philly called black women are scary mm-hmm. which is where um <laughs> black women come in and read original you know science fiction horror stories that are mm-hmm. written by women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they and they and they read it and and, and, and it kind of like in in a like a performance performative way and then it gets you know edited with a sound soundscape and everything like that and I think what you were saying was great, but I stopped listening to it and just listening to your voice. And I was like, I'm going to put you up for Black Women Are Scary because your voice was just just like... I just did a job audition. This this is is what we're dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. Yes. We're trying to have have an actual conversation. And y'all did have an actual conversation. We are. We're we're trying to save the world in our own small way. We're just trying. Or be agreeable in our disagreement. And you were. Which is what I like. And you were. I'm so. Glad. And meanwhile, I'm getting you another job. Okay. I'm so with anyway, you. let's move. Here we on. go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Let's do what we came to do, yeah. boo.
I'm about to go to Durrell Martin, but we actually have listener mail that we, we got have to missives Missives? From the missionaries. We do. We got an email from, <laughs> I have the the person's name, Ellis Heron. Hey, what's up, Ellis? Uh, wrote us about the Twa effect. <laughs> you weren't here, Bobby, but we reviewed Twa. Twa? Twa. Twa. Are you familiar with the movie Twa? Uh, no. <laughs> Just so y'all know, I'm not that person. I don't watch <laughs> Well, I do watch. All depends. <laughs> That's another story. Okay. All right. TMI. Mm. <laughs> Should have been here for the TWA episode. Mm. Oh, what happened on TWA? Let's get a hold of her WhatsApp account. Anyway, let's go. Uh, Ellis Heron writes, hey, fellas, I'm sure you know why I'm writing. First off, Vince, <laughs> you could have gotten to Kenya Moore a little quicker. Oh, how so? Allow Ellis to tell you. Yes. Damon Wayans was in Hollywood Shuffle as part of the segment where Robert Townsend was a private investigator. So Damon Wayans was in Mo Money with Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans was in Senseless with Kenya Moore. Oh. So you could have used the Wayans I could have the Wayans connection. Probably does take you to a whole bunch of places. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Next, I'm with you about Gary Dordan. Yes. Before this movie, I merely knew him as Shaza from A Different World. After this movie, I only knew him as Shaza from A Different World. (laughs) So when I saw him on the poster, I didn't even recognize him until I actually saw him in the movie, mostly because I realized he had finally cut off his dreads. Also, I never saw a trailer for Twa when it came out. That would be a trailer. The only marketing it had was on a hip hop radio station I listened to when I was going to school in Mobile, Alabama. And that marketing only lasted a week, maybe two. Still, like it was pointed out, the theater was packed. Mm -hmm. And I have to agree that I didn't see Jermaine's boy being behind everything. (laughs) They really threw us off with how much of a jokester he was. Surprise, it's me. Who knew he had such a dark side? (laughs) Plus, I just took it for granted that Jasmine would already know about him. But like you said, he was never in the scene with her until the end. Lastly, I beg to differ that the fun stops with Twa. (laughs) Granted, Twa 2 was a Pandora's box. Pandora's box. Was a disappointment. But I would say the fun picks back up a little with Twa 3 colon the escort the escort because now it is a series i'm frozen on my screen is everything cool everything's cool all right um especially since for an erotic thriller they actually had nudity this time oh patrice fisher not only played her role well in the movie but she also wasn't shy about showing some skin either (laughs) if you need some proof just check out her starring role in zane's the sex chronicles (laughs) oh oh, ellis (laughs) Mm. you're watching quite a series of films yes (laughs) thanks for the awesome review guys it was well worth the wait your boy ellis heron p.s now that the mission to get trois reviewed has been accomplished It's time to campaign for one of my favorite black exploitation movies, Willie Dynamite. You know, I have been wanting to do Willie Dynamite for years because it's got Diana Sands in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
Perhaps. Willie Dynamite will be coming after 300. It'll be coming soon after 300, Ellis. Now that someone has actually... That's also the uh, film <laughs> where, where, where the, the rival pimp tells Willie that we got to collectivize. Yeah, he says hashtag pimp council. That's the, that's pimp the, council the pimp. And... We have to collectivize because when the man falls on you, we all go down. Mm-hmm. Said Willie... You lack vision. Mm. <laughs> He's the greatest actor in the history of cinema. The guy who plays the rival pimp in Willie Dynamite. Okay. I'm, uh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the film Willie Dynamite, Bob? I'm trying to remember why I didn't take Valium before I came. <laughs> <laughs> Just to even you out. Just, <laughs> just to even you out a bit. Yeah, mostly. I, I feel like I'm a rag doll. I was I'm going to, like one extreme. Hey, I was about to say, to Bobby, you got to keep up. Gotta, we we go all over the place. Oh, I'm keeping up. <laughs> I'm right. just like, oh. All right, God, Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. It Let's is time, it. Vincent, for the game show that is sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation. Oh, boy. Six degrees of Derville Martin. Six degrees of Derville Martin. And you've got you've got your lifeline here and Bobby Booker. All right. Hashtag it's me and you, Bobby. Watch things. It's me and you. <laughs> yeah, me. It, it's me and you against Derville. Vincent. Yes, sir. In six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Derville Martin. Two. James Cagney. James Cagney? Yes. James Cagney. <sighs> James Cagney. Do you know who James Cagney I is? I know who James Cagney is. I'm just trying to think of something he was in after public. You know, you think about, what is it, Public Enemy Number 1? Yeah, which is like 1940. I know. He was in a bunch of movies after that. <laughs> and the problem right now. He okay. was in a fairly, fairly, um, a movie I'm certain you saw. Okay. So, all right. I got to get Humphrey Bogart right. out of my head. See, that's the, see I was going to ask, are you seeing No, James no, no. Cagney? I'm seeing James Cagney, but I'm thinking about Humphrey Bogart in later stuff, right. too. Because you, you said you were seeing... Jack Lemon, but you were actually seeing right, right. So I'm, I'm trying to think of James because Cag- James Cagney was in something in the 60s or mm. 70s mm. where I said, mm-hmm. Oh, that's James Cagney. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm checking just to be to be certain, but I'm pretty sure he was in a movie even l- more recent than that. James Cagney. Was in what was he in that I'm thinking about? Was it a science fiction thing? Oh, I don't see him doing science fiction. What was James Cagney in where it was like, oh, that's James Cagney? No, he wasn't in the movie I'm thinking about. What's he in the 70s that I'm thinking about? All right. Uh, Hold on a second. I'm going to go to his cuz I'm what is rather extensive filmography. James Cagney. <laughs> All roads from East. Uh, you I, see exactly what I'm thinking about, don't you? He is not in any movie in the 70s. 
the 80s? He is in one movie mm. in the 80s. Is it the movie I'm thinking about? I don't know. Am I thinking about this movie? I don't know. It's it's not the movie I was thinking about, but it's close to in tone to the movie I was thinking about. All right. I'll take a life. What's, what's the name of the movie in the 80s? Do you know it? Not at all. Ragtime. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, is he in Ragtime? Mm-hmm. Yes, Vincent. He's in Ragtime. Yes, he is. Okay. Well, there you go. That's not what I was thinking about. But Derville Martin is in... Derville Martin is, oh, wow. is in Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore, mm-hmm. who was on Five on the Black Hand Side with Robert Townsend, mm-hmm. who was in A Soldier Story with Howard Rollins, okay. who was in Ragtime with James Cagney. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good, Vincent. But I needed you to, I mean, I needed you to give me, what was, what was he in that I'm thinking about? Like, I'm thinking about old gray hair. James Cagney. I mean, that's that's gray hair James Cagney. Yeah. That's his final film. So what was the film you were thinking about? I thought he was in the Cotton Club. Right. But, right. So we were thinking actually about ragtime. ragtime. Okay. All yeah. right. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well done. Ben. But you had to give me ragtime. I did have to give you so, ragtime. So, you, know. you know who else is in ragtime? Which a movie I, if I it's saw. It's a bunch I of people re- in ragtime. I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, in small parts, Jeff Daniels, mm-hmm. Fran Drescher. Oh, I didn't. I didn't forget. I didn't remember Fran Drescher. Cliff the mailman, John Ratzenberger, mm-hmm. and one Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Because I think wow. I think Howard Rollins plays the same character in Ragtime and The Cotton Club. Like, doesn't he play? Um, what's his name? Uh, Harold the, Rollins is. He, he plays a gangster, the black gangster. Oh, does he? I Howard? think so. Hmm. Uh, um, who's Howard Rollins play? Looking for his name here. Ba, 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 ba. The dude that Lawrence Fishburne plays in Cole House movies. Walker. Oh that, no, that's I thought, not the gangster. Yeah, I thought he played on um, what's his name? No. The black gangster, but okay. No. All right. But that was good, Vince. All right. Very good. All you right. Got another one? I do have another one. What's the other one? Ooh. The other one in six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Dervil Martin. This, Dervil one, Martin. this one probably be easy. Okay. To Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, Sandra Bullock. Okay. Well, let's have some fun. <laughs> but I got to take, I got to use a route I, I haven't, I, that I've tried not to use, by the way. Dervo Martin is in, of course, Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who is in Mo Better Blues with Wesley Snipes, who is in, and I just lost, lost it. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, science fiction. Wesley Snipes has the Demolition oh, Man. Demolition Man. In yeah. Demolition Man with Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I used Mobetta Blues, but I also used Demolition Man. You did. How about that? So there you go. How about that? Well done. All right. Well done. I always get Demolition Man uh, confused with, what's the other movie? Judge Dredd. Oh, Judge Dredd isn't as smart as Demolition Man. No, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Demolition Man is quietly pretty smart, and it ages very well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Speaking of Wesley Snipes, did you see him? I, I did. The- I did. I don't know what he was wearing. Well, where? At, at at he, was at, he was at the Oscars. You didn't see his plum outfit? He had on, like, knickers? Th- that's not the clip everybody was seeing me 
sent around and she wasn't watching it. But I was I was on Clubhouse. See, I actually didn't mind necessarily what he had on, even though I don't think he You better not show up somewhere dressed like that. <laughs> you want me to break out my romper? I died. <laughs> oh Lord. I had successfully forgotten about the romper. <laughs> I can no. bring up my romper. I can be in it in five we minutes. We will never speak on the romper again. <laughs> I didn't actually think there was anything wrong with what he had on. I didn't think that it it looked that great mm. on on him. <laughs> like like I, I I don't think it, it, he like the color. Like I didn't think right, it, right, it, it, right. it worked with him. Like but, Idris Elba, it would have worked. He yeah, but I thought pop. he mm-hmm. he he didn't look well. He looks small. Mm. Yeah, he looks small. And, and I and I be. Honestly, he is older now. I yeah. mean, you know, but that, that, that was the only thing. Yeah, yeah. It was nice seeing him. Yeah. Him and uh-huh. um, maybe he's working out for definition, not strength. So he's a little slimmer. <laughs> well, at least Vogue published a piece in defense of this is the title in defense of Wesley Snipes red carpet Bermuda shorts. <laughs> oh, that's what we're calling them? Because I thought they were knickers. I thought they were knickers, too. <laughs> Which, unless you're an old-timey golfer (laughs) or a newsie, there's really no reason to have one knickers. I mean, but it was a look. I mean, God bless him. Well, it looks like he even has some semblance of a cod piece, but that's... Yeah. Does he really? (laughs) Let me see. Yeah, it's like a... It's like like a little hangy thing. Yeah, it's It's like a little hangy thing. It still is very suggestive. Like they have on the, um, when they wear the, um, kilts. The kilts, yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. It it has that, you know, maybe if it just... What do you think of the look, Bobby? You're a fashionista. I, I, I'm troubled by it. (laughs) I'm just thinking, he could have, he could have done a, a lot better. It's, um... It's not his best, but it is Wesley. Yeah, it's Wesley. I mean, ain't no question. (laughs) And he's uh, a bit hairless nowadays, I see. (laughs) I hope hair isn't a sensitive issue. I don't don't want Wesley to. (laughs) On the list of things we don't talk about. We don't talk about Candyman. No, we don't talk about Candyman. Bruno. No, we don't talk about Bruno. Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith. Wesley Snipes is not on that list. There you go. Oh, okay. So go have that thing. Have at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, Wes Wesley does what Wesley does. I mean, how old is he nowadays? Oh wow, Wesley, he's got to be pushing sixty. That sounds right. I thought he was older than that, but I mean, uh, at least you at know. At least. Um. So. Uh. I mean, Andrew Waldron he, says, he "Bobby good. Booker, your voice is everything." Oh, darling, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. I hey, really man, do. The voice of Philadelphia jazz. Well, you know. Every time I hear you, I go, "Hey, it's Bobby," <laughs> which kind of takes away from the effect. Like Bobby said, "You know, here's a little something from Miles Davis," and I'll say, "Hey, it's Bobby." <laughs> so the next—I don't know if you're on tonight. I'm but, on tonight. All right. So when you come on tonight. <laughs> And you come on, you know, hey, this is Bobby Booker. Mm-hmm. And I want you to imagine me going, hey, it's Bobby. Okay. Okay. Can I get that in a loop? I just... <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll send Please it to you. do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better than, than what I normally receive, which are folk telling me I'm usually talking to their cats or their dogs or escorting them to that 238 
a.m. restroom visit. You know, I, I, I'll take, hey, it's Bobby. Hey, it's Bobby. I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta get him where you can. <laughs> but I, I won't, I wouldn't take Wesley. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would have to leave him. I mean, honestly, I feel like giving him my car keys. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> this is just, a vote can defend him all they want, but mm. I don't, I mean, I, I, I think his style is aired horribly <laughs> in regards to the direction he should take. Now, now, is this going to the Oscars or to the party? Let me see. Uh, let, is, is this is this heading to no, the Oscars? No, that's no. Wait, 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 let me see that again. Is that going to the Oscars? That's at the Oscars. Yeah, that's, that's the only outfit I saw. That's the outfit he oh, had really? on. Poor baby, he went to the parties too, like this. Well, here's. He, mm. I do think. <laughs> Unless you're a certain individual, and you can argue whether or not Wesley Snipes is that individual, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you do maybe age past a, a point where you can be as extreme with your appearance. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, like, and I don't know if Wesley is that. If Wesley was that individual, I think. His time out of the limelight has. Is there something wrong with a well tailored tuxedo? Like, did I miss that <laughs> announcement? There you go. That a well tailored tuxedo. There's nothing wrong with is that. Still but still not the pinnacle of but, menswear. But I understand people wanted to jazz up, be a little different. I don't have any problem with that. So maybe have a a, a like like a dark navy tuxedo <laughs> instead of a black. Tuxedo. I mean, maybe not doing like the 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 young boy from from Dune who basically just had the jacket on. Right, right. But you like you on. said, he's young. But he's young. Like I think he, you, you know, look at the young. Off. Yeah, yeah. Or, but but see, like Prince. If, I mean, you, right. I mean, God he's bless. Prince though. That's what I'm saying. Right, he's Prince. But in Wesley, there was right. a there was a time. I think if Wesley never leaves the spotlight, like he did, maybe he could still pull that off. Just, just a well, like like you Wesley <laughs> Snipes, you probably get a new one every six months. Like go to your tailor, <laughs> get a bespoke tuxedo, like every six months. Who who says bespoke? Stop, stop being fancy. Stop I'm, showing off a bottle. I'm just, Nobody little, says go get a, a, a bespoke. I, I thought that was you. It is just me, Bobby. Oh. Yeah, just, just bougie Vincent. No oh. one says bespoke. Who got the fancy doorbell, Bobby? It's a, a doorbell. <laughs> George Jefferson. Mm, moving on up. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> It's a ring doorbell. <clears throat> so you don't have to knock on a window anymore. <laughs> That's the fun. <laughs> you know, you got to tap. Right back to Use a coin. Well, you always feel like you're going to a speakeasy. You know, use a coin. <laughs> like you have to knock and give a signal. Oh, God. Um, George Cremona says that maybe maybe Wesley is shopping around a cameo biopic. <laughs> That's exactly what I felt. This was... And he, now we've moved to cod pieces. Mm-hmm. You ready for your, to, to review? Let's a movie? do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, let's review Ali Bumbaye. <laughs> when we were kings, we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
something new for this fight. I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Come on! The king is going home to get his thumb. Yeah, it was handsome, it was articulate, it was funny, and was whooping ass, too. Yeah, when I get to Africa, we gonna get it on because we don't get along. George Foreman was a phenomenon. This compass got everybody scared. This man was determined and unstoppable. I like to tell children of the world, quit eating so much candy. We must whip Mr. Tooth Decay. I got one right here, one right here. I mean, kill him. Kids today will be missing a whole lot. They don't know about the legacy of Muhammad because no matter what era you live in, you see very few true heroes. What a fighter he was, and what a man. How do you outsuck him? When We Were Kings, a 1996 documentary film directed by Leon Gast about the Rumble in the Jungle heavyweight championship that was held October 30th, 1974 in Zaire between world heavyweight champion George Foreman and Muhammad Ali. It features archival footage of celebrities, including James Brown, B.B. King and promoter Don King. In the lead up to the fight and accompanying the Zaire 74 musical festival alongside interview footage of Norman Mailer, George Plimpton, as well as Spike Lee. This film, which took gas 22 years to mm -hmm. finance and edit, was released to strong reviews and won the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature in 1996. Joining us for our review on this 295th episode of the Michelle Mission. Bobby Booker, what do you have to say of When We Were Kings? You know, first of all, I am so honored to be a part of this dynamic um, and to have this look back in time because, um, you know, there was a time in our not so distant past when boxing was the sport. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's when right. When everything shut down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when Howard Cosell mattered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. when a Norman Mailer mattered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when a Muhammad Ali and a George Foreman and um, a Joe Frazier, mm -hmm. those heavyweight champions mattered. Mm-hmm. Ah, tell me right now, who's the heavyweight champion of the world right now? You got five seconds. Wow. I say, Lynn, this is your question. It is. And I can't even think of who it is. I can't. I, I literally can't. That's. I think it's that big, dumb white guy. Is he the heavyweight? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 he's a bald, bald, big lumbering. I'm thinking about the Irish guy, and I don't know well, if that's Irish. mixed martial arts or what. Are we still talking about the same? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, you, you don't really know. You don't know. Is it Drago? <laughs> no. Okay. 
I know that. That's my contribution. It's not very <laughs> Tyson Fury. That's 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 who's the heavy that is not his name. That's his, that's it. Is that's exactly was he name. born with that name? I, I believe so. Yes, his name is Tyson Fury. Hmm. He's big white Irish. I, he might be Irish. He's like something. Like yeah, that's it. That's that's his name, Tyson Fury. I'm sorry, y'all asked. I'm, I'm telling you. I'll, I'll look. It I'll, still makes my point. It, it definitely it makes does. your point. It makes my point that, you, you know, the-, the uh, British. He's British. I'm sorry. Oh, there we go. Close enough, right? <laughs> Cross the pond over there. He got right, an accent. Right, right. I don't know what he did. Nice. And that's the other thing. When the heavyweight champion of the world was definitely a black man in America, mm. you know? And I mean, this was, um, so, you know, as a person who doesn't really watch movies that much, I see my share of things. Um, and this opportunity came about to discuss something. I'm like, well, let's, let's talk some real talk. Um, especially what went into maintaining this little slice of American and black American history mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that it it took so long to make this movie is this documentary um it that that says a lot especially knowing who the subject is yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. um and there's so much um um that is a part of this documentary and mm-hmm. there is oh so much that is not a part of it. Oh yeah. Interesting. I, well, I mean, you know, if you grew up with Ebony and Jet in the house, you you know what <laughs> what's not in here. <laughs> there's there's a whole ton of stuff that's not in this movie. And I I'll I'll say it's good because um all of those other matters would cheapen the impact and the overall message uh, that this documentary um, makes because um, it really is a black power statement. Mm. Um, y- you know, at the apex of so many wonderful things musically. I mean, you mentioned a couple of the, the acts, but I mean, Felipe, Felipe Wynn leading the spinners. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm I'm like, there's oh, there's that that brother. He can do no wrong in my book. You you see Bill Withers, yeah, Bill getting Withers. off the oh, yeah. the the airplane. Yeah, um, yeah. uh, um, Marion McKeeva. Okay, yeah. Twin Sisters for mm-hmm. a minute. If you blink, and you for a blink. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're right. Just like that. Mm-hmm. So we're we're talking some of the oh, the, the Pointer Sisters. If we can go back to Unsung, we need to talk to them. Yeah, is oh, that yeah. they? They are criminally. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, but that's the Unsung. I know, but I'm just saying, Pointer Sisters. Period. Are just just criminally overlooked. Coming back around. Come back around. We're here. All right. Um, but when we were kings, um, it 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 really just was that uh, it's a time capsule for me. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Just goes back to when, and mm-hmm. it's aptly titled, um, because it, it 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 says so much. Because mm-hmm. you know, um, you know what happens, um, 
with Ali on the other side of that. Yeah. Right. It yeah. is the the beginning. This is the, like really the beginning. The of beginning. The, yeah. Of of the unravel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You y- you know the 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 start and also the beginning of George Foreman's transformation as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, when you say I mean, George Foreman now, him into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, <clears throat> do, do, do you look throwing five million on the table, even if you're walking away with just half of that, that ain't a bad way to right. to to redo things when you come back to the States. Um, and he continued to fight for a, a, a good while. It's also just amazing to me that George Foreman is no more now for a cooking product. Yeah. And personality. <laughs> Yeah, like his personality. That was the thing. That's where he came out of. He did. It's like there was this transference from Ali um, to uh, George Foreman. Um, And to even, I don't care what you can, however you may feel about Don King, Mm. man, you've got to give him credit. He, I mean, he really is masterful in not only being able to pull this international gamble off, mm-hmm. but to honestly win the bet. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, it 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 was dynamic in terms of of the entertainment presentation, the musical artists that they brought together, that sharing, um, putting a spotlight on Zaire, um, increasing awareness, global awareness of uh, this country, and also highlighting the uh, connection that uh, black folk in America should have with Africa, but really just don't. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also something that has never happened again and would never happen again. Right, right. Like all of those pieces. Yeah. All the stars converged in yeah. a way that, you know, how do you get them to converge like that again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Don King is, is a, is a wonderkin. Um, no matter, no matter what, I mean, he, and dropping Shakespeare. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, uh, I'm loving it. (laughs) Wrote down one of his, one of his quotes that he dropped on there. Uh huh. Ugly and venomous like a toad, but wears a jewel on his head. I'm like, when he's speaking about adversity in this movie. So I'm like, uh. That, I mean, and that's just the one quote they pulled. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um. You know, he he's full of them, but uh, you know, yeah, he's full of something. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, that's that's what. Um, but but that's also that speaks of a lot. Um, of the the education standards of the era from which he came from. Um, the opportunities that 
he obviously embraced uh, during his uh, collegial stay mm. in prison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, I think that might be more too, though. But I mean, but just but think, you know, well, even hey, even your basic education. Right. Right. You, you right. know, these are these. This is all stuff that would be a, a part of of uh, of your dynamic at that time. Absolutely. True. Um, so. And more importantly, the the surprise, shall we say, on the uh, the white reporters' faces as they decipher. Yeah, what he's saying. Yes, because he's he's breaking it down. He is breaking it down. Um, but this is a very important movie that um, I, I think uh, stands the the test of time, and again proves the reason why uh, documentaries are important, and it lends itself even to what. We had uh, touched upon earlier. Um, uh, you see, its direct descendant in what Questlove pulled off. Yes, mm-hmm. with yes. The, the the summer of love, summer of soul, soul. summer of yeah. soul, mm-hmm. which um, <clears throat> which basically languished yes. until absolutely until he pulled together mm-hmm. uh, a crew and basically put the money and the time into making it be what it is that's true um so uh these these things are, are are so so important and they should be you know uh th- they should be viewed as the history that they are and i think it's i would say required history if you want to talk about um if you want to talk about muhammad ali this this is the the place to catch him mm. yeah this and, is the place this is the time period yes. right 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 this is really the legend Yes. Right here. Mm-hmm. That's right. that's where it's built. Yeah. Yeah. And this is probably the, more to the point. Like this is probably the the legend at its apex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh like yeah. You mentioned it's oh yeah. It's the beginning of the, the downhill from here. Where where are you with uh When We Were Kings, Vincent? I you know, it's a great document. you know, no no big surprises. It's a great documentary. I think I think the the great documentaries <clears throat> almost appear seamless. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think the thing about a documentary is that it is artificial. It is put together. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a matter of craft. Y- you know, um, someone made it. But the great ones appear like they're just unfolding. Right. With, the without this artifice. And the, the, the strength of When We Were Kings, as is, is you said, Bobby, is the footage itself. Mm-hmm. Like, like the fact that that all of these players were caught at this moment. You know, of course, obviously Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, <laughs> but, but y- y- you know, Don King. Um, um, Very much in his formative state. Right. You know, Bundini, but yeah. you know, Muhammad Ali's great manager. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one of my personal favorites, mustache James Brown. B.B. King, like there are oh, all gosh, of yeah. these figures mm-hmm. that you see at this moment, the, the, the rumble in the jungle, even by 96. <clears throat> and I'm not, everyone knows I'm not a sports guy, mm-hmm. but there are epic sagas in sports mm-hmm. that transcend the sport. Yeah. And the rumble in the jungle, by even by 96, Everyone knew about the rope and dope. Everyone knew, like, like my father was was mm-hmm. a was a boxing guy, just in general. And and that that sort of 
that sort of transitive equation that they touch on in here where where George Foreman had destroyed Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier and Ken Norton, mm-hmm. two boxers who Muhammad Ali couldn't really get past that easily. Mm-hmm. Like, like you'll correct me. I know he and Joe Frazier basically like- They fought three times. They fought three times. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali won twice. twice. And then the third, t- the, the second time, I believe was a little controversial when when he won. In the second fight? I don't, don't I, I know he won two out of three, but like those yeah. were the great folks. And then Ken Norton, did he beat Ali? No, he beat, but Ali beat Norton. But he, he had a hard, the fight, though. But it was a hard time. So yeah. you have this great, almost David versus Goliath dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, I have to say, one of the most affecting moments for me this time around is that sequence early on where Howard Cosell <laughs> is talking about this upcoming fight. And, and again, and I, I'm, but you know, it's, uh, there, there are all these great figures in sports mm-hmm. and you know, Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali had this very kind of complicated relationship, Yeah, but it's sort of rooted in res- mutual respect in this and yeah. where yeah. you can see the concern that Howard Cosell has about this <laughs> and then to watch it unfold and turn into, you know, this great victory of Muhammad Ali. It's, it's, it's a great story. Like, yeah. like, like it's a great mm-hmm. story. I, I think there are some things I kind of picked up this go around speaking of summer of soul mm-hmm. that um I think could have, you know, if it was made now, I would, you know, there are choices that I think maybe they would make, that they didn't make in 96 really? in putting this together. But, but overall, you know, it, this is one of those, th- this is one of those episodes where we watch a film mm-hmm. and the film is so solid that you have the luxury to kind of pick at it a little bit. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because, you know, overall, you know, it, it, it's good. It's, it's good. And it's almost, um, mandatory mm-hmm. that you watch this but yeah i think the the the, the thing i came away with watching this film this time and maybe i felt this the first time but i don't remember mm-hmm. and you know i first of all i think muhammad ali is one of if not the greatest boxers of all time i think he is easily one of the the three most important sports figures of all time. Right. And then you can make arguments where he stands in the pantheon of just people who have roamed the planet, mm-hmm. right? Or, or, or where he stands, right? And I think one for people, younger generations who maybe don't get an idea of exactly why that is, because maybe in their mind they just see this boxer. Maybe in their mind they see him as this boxer who... Ultimately, if you just looking at the stats, you know, he lost a few times because, you know, the the later years and everything like that. You see him maybe hanging on way too long. This is the film that gives you everything that is Muhammad Ali encapsulated right in this film. Right. You you get snapshots of 
the 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 origin of Muhammad Ali from Cassius Clay to the braggadocious young boxer who d- then defeats Sonny Liston and then mm-hmm. pummels his way to the to the world heavyweight championship then you see what the the point that takes him into the history books and his stance against Viet- Vietnam mm-hmm. and not and refusing to go to Viet Cong because the Viet Congs ain't never called me a nigga. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, and you you see the, a great shot of him taking that stance and, you know, that stance being resonated with him sitting there with uh, Jim Brown and Bill Russell's sports figures of the of the day by his side. You see that he goes and goes on speaking, speaking tours all during that time, you know, as a way of, yes, getting some money in his pocket, but a way of also of spreading his message. Right. You see that he is a man who's touches history you see him with martin luther king you see him with malcolm x um you you uh see him with with presidents and and luminaries in the north south east and and west um and if you think that that was just that pocket of time in the 60s then you cut to him in Zaire. Mm-hmm. And yes, as braggadocious as he's being about his skills, as braggadocious as he is being a, uh, about the fight and denigrating to George Foreman, and as much <laughs> as he's, you know, like taking jabs at Howard Cosell and, and this and that person or what have you, he is also embracing where he is. Right. He is also, um, he hears that the, this entire community, this entire country has come out for him and it is not lost on him, you know, what he represents to them. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't take that for granted. You know, um, you, you, uh, and as just as many times as he's putting down George Foreman or hyping up the fight, you can also hear him talking about, you know, like, Hey, these are the, the these are my people. You know, this is mm-hmm. like you know it's the the famous joke about Richard Pryor when he he said he went to right, Africa. Right, and, you right. know, I didn't say I, there's no niggas here. This almost without saying those words, Muhammad Ali is saying that same thing. Like mm-hmm. this, this, these are the same people that I see in in America. They're here. There's those same faces. This mm-hmm. is us. You know, and I have this opportunity to 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 see these people and it's it's not lost on him and he and he's and he 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 embraces that and embraces where he is what he means to this moment and you know I thought that that was very powerful because there are times when I've seen him say things like that maybe in America maybe in different settings and part of me is like ah oh, he's just saying stuff right right but here it comes off very <clears throat> very natural it sounds it sounds authentic it sounds like it is truly him right mm-hmm. um i think there's a real cute moment where like some reporter i think it's right before he's about to get on the plane to zaire ask him you know like what do you want to say to the the people out there who you know who who follow you and support you and everything like that well i want to say to the kids you gotta you gotta fight mr tooth decay you gotta stop <laughs> eating the candy i was like <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Muhammad, Muhammad 
about at least giving us a Saturday morning cartoon special, right? <laughs> but I ain't even mad at you. <laughs> and then pointed to two. Right. Yeah, I, right. I, I got it. Yeah, because I got these three. You don't right. want to be like right. me. You don't right. want to be, right. you know. Well, the sugary cereals <laughs> were real scorched. It was to the youth. That was that was a problem. So you know, this was an issue. It, it well, it was. As, right. I, as I sat with my big bowl of frosted flakes, I see, know it was an issue. See, you need to listen to the champ. I need to listen to the champ. I needed to listen to the tape. Well, I didn't like Wheaties, so yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So there it goes. So I, so <laughs> I, I, I watched that. And I embraced that. And then I, what I, the other thing I thought was interesting was the juxtaposition against George Foreman right. in this movie. Now, to be fair, mm. Muhammad Ali at this time is 32 years old. He's not a, in the boxing game, he's not a young man. No. And considering the life that he has led, he's probably even older than his 32 years as mm -hmm. far as the wisdom goes and the things that he's done and seen. George Foreman, conversely, is 10 years his junior, yeah. you know, um, and and very much a 22-year-old, newly formed, newly right, championed right, right. guy. Not the most urban cosmopolitan figure at this point. Right. Doesn't doesn't really get a full grasp of the situation. I thought it yeah. was very one of the things they pointed out. He shows up in Zaire, you know, with his um with the German, German Shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah, exactly. Which is the yep. same dog that they they use, right. the Germans used. Right. And so it, it um I was wondering where is it, where are his people? Well, see, like, why didn't somebody tell him that? But you know what? You first of all, the dog was his friend. The dog is well, yes, that. And you got to remember, <laughs> this is nineteen seventy four. Yeah, nineteen seventy four. A lot of that information is not as super readily up, like at your fingertips sure, at sure, that time. Sure, you know, like sure. back, back then. This this information like that is being sold door to door in encyclopedias. Right, right. You know, inside twenty twenty. Right. Okay. You know, that's fair. Yeah, and twenty two years old. He, you know, look, man. You saw how? Yes, look. George, God bless him. He 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 was he was just George Foreman. Yes. He just he's like, why don't they like me? I'm darker. I'm darker than I him. No. Like really though. That that you want to jump back in? Bobby? No, no. Go for it. <clears throat> That is the part I that that I wanted more of this go around. Mm. Like, the older I get, you want a little bit more of the balance. Well, I think there's this great tragedy around Muhammad Ali's contemporaries. You appreciate this, and in fact, frankly, you and I have talked about this a little bit over the years. But when you think about Joe Frazier in particular, mm. Larry Holmes to a certain extent, mm. certainly, certainly George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle. I think so many forces aligned, including him just being this extraordinary man, mm -hmm. that Muhammad Ali is always the hero. Yeah. But for him to be the hero... It has to make the, the opponent the enemy. The opponent is is the end. Like, you're the villain. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted, like, I really did want more unpacking of what did that do to George Foreman to have 100,000 people saying, mm. Ali, kill him. Yeah. Like, that moment that you're talking about where George Foreman says, why did they pick him over me? I'm darker than him. I'm, like, like it seems like I would be closer 
to to the people that and and you know he doesn't articulate it this way appropriately enough but frankly I'm closer to one of the people mm-hmm. than Muhammad Ali is but you do you get the sense in 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 and and certainly interviews with Joe Frazier I've I've picked this up that these men were just kind of caught up in these forces beyond their control and now they're playing the role of the villain and I, like I feel like there's so much story there, yeah. That 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 I wanted more of, and like you said, they touch on it, and then you see the like like Muhammad Ali is very aware of the power mm-hmm. of all of these people yelling his name and yelling "kill him," but that power works both ways, and I wanted more of that 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 you don't get in this. But again, I think the narrative is so strong, it's almost no room for it. And and sadly, if um, th- there's um, there's a, a very interesting gender perspective that uh, erupts in this story that I was troubled by, mm. and I saw it come up at least three times um, because I'm not quite sure. Maybe y'all know a little better than me, but um, the identification of the African female singer. Yeah, that was Mira Makiba. So she was eventually utilized. That's who I thought it was, mm-hmm. and she was eventually yep. utilized as the uh, <clears throat> the the succubus. Yeah, the succubus with the shaking succubus, hand. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she yep. was she was and and it was very interesting in that part of the storytelling because of uh, all of the shots where where there was that lingering. Mm. Um, that transition, yeah, as that part of the story is being told, and she, um, and her particular uh, microphone skill as a performer was being used to underscore that story. Um, I was I was troubled um, by the vilification of a uh, black woman of um, a possible um, misidentification of a spiritual dynamic Mm. and belief system Mm -hmm. and that being used again to further underscore uh, the good and evil. and that it was a black woman's face, a beautiful black woman and a talented one at that, um, that was basically being um, uh, um, utilized as a serpent. Yeah. Yeah. That because, I mean, first of all, the the, the, the black women in this I, and, and hers was one of the few voices, mm-hmm. one of the few black women voices that that was heard. Um, and I don't. And she wasn't identified. She was never identified. That's they, they what just, I see her thought. Yeah, so she you, was if not. You know, identified. If you don't know that is Mary McKeever. Exactly. Don't. That's it. Well, that speaks to my other issue. Appropriately enough, that Summer of Soul do, does so much better. I thought it was, in hindsight, a misstep that the only voices that you hear, in the current time, who were there, were the two white men. Norman Mailer and George Plimpton. Mm. So that they. Oh, and the brother. 
Well, Spike Lee wasn't no, there. No, no, no. No, no. There's there was the the, the African the African Batman. African right. Yes, man. you're right. But mm-hmm. but he I didn't get the sense he was inside the camps. No, he wasn't in the camp. He, like he, but was he, he was there. He was but there. he wasn't inside like George Plimpton and Norman Mail. Right. So that duly noted. Right when George Plimpton, who actually put together that narrative. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, you know, he went to see the witch woman and she said that the woman with the shaky hand was going to get George Foreman. But and they were a little like there was this paternalism that you get Mm -hmm. with those old sports writers Mm -hmm. where, you know, George was such a wonderful physical specimen. Yeah. Yeah. His nigritude. Right. 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 Yeah. I I definitely heard. I was like, (laughs) right. Like you felt like you were reading some Hemingway. (laughs) <laughs> talking about but, the big negro but with mailer you would expect and I, I gotta i gotta say as much as i can't stand mailer i got big respect for him because mailer lived it like he talked it and he's a fighter well mm-hmm. which and that yeah. was very clear yeah. yes yes and and how and he broke some things down that that absolutely that a person that doesn't know how to throw hands yeah mm-hmm yeah. Couldn't couldn't do. Mailer was was perfect for it for his role, and I just know Ebony had at least four sports writers there too. That at least two of them are still wandering around. Mm-hmm. They could have been in it. Yeah, but they were also reporting on what else was happening. Yeah, and 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 like you're saying, you there's a whole lot to, of stuff. A lot of stuff is not happening. It's kind of alluded to, especially you know with very. with you know the president Mbutu, and mm-hmm. they yeah, talk about yeah. you know um, they they don't really, they talk about how he comes to power. Basically, yes. you know, um, he's a dictator, and uh, they talk about how he is quote unquote keeping the peace. Yeah, there. Yeah, um, and it's not that's one of the things that i think definitely hindsight you may be getting a little little bit more right of you know um because context matters it does very much very much so very much so and it's also you know unfortunately well fortunately or unfortunately depending on your point of view a little bit of a window into the world that Don King uh, traffics in, that he makes this deal with the devil in right. order to pull this off. Now, now, here's my question, and this is an actual question because I, you know, again, I don't actually know. Hmm. Like, as someone from the outside who has heard about Don King, and you know, Don King obviously is a figure well throughout the 90s, mm-hmm. is Don King worse than anyone else? Who deals in this world? Yes. Okay. All right. So how does Don King pull off being Don King? When other people like like you know, it just seems like Well, I mean, this we was also about, very early. I think right. this was the first big one. Yeah, this is his first big one. Okay. Right? So this is the one that puts Don King on the map. On the map. Okay. Yeah. So after after this, he uses this to build up Don King. Mm-hmm. Right. So but but even while he's doing that, you know, like, yeah, he got George Foreman five million. He got Muhammad Ali five million. I think because of George Foreman and they kind of touch on it because of, you know, a, a bit of a, a tailspin mentally and emotionally that he takes after this fight. He kind of like leaves the scene for a couple a few years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Muhammad Ali, as we know, stays on. 
And Don King is right in them pockets. Mm-hmm. And he's rifling them pockets and he's using that entree to get into other other avenues to get into the lower weights and he steady rifling pockets left and right all throughout, man. And yeah, Don King is he's I'm not gonna say yes, in boxing there's shady individuals. It's uh, unfortunately, it's the nature of the sport has has always been. Mm-hmm. So historically, especially when the gangsters were really involved, had there maybe been people with bigger, you know, um, uh, um, police blotters than Don King, yes. perhaps. But considering that Don King, more often than not, was robbing from his brothers, right? Don King was worse. Okay. In my viewpoint, I don't know if Bobby shares that same. Well, you know, uh, Don King was also working in tandem. It was not, he he pulled it off, but um, one of the voices that that showed up prominently, especially discussing the music and the history, was Lloyd Price. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. We got to talk about Lloyd Price. You cannot escape what Lloyd Price brought to, because there's no way that. That category of musicians yeah, would James have Brown, been there BG, yeah. if Lloyd Price wasn't a part. And that that is the key to to bringing this thing full circle Look, for Don to do whatever he did to get that 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 ten million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 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 I can't even imagine the cut that Lloyd got. The Ooh. documentary that I walked away wanting. There's a moment in here where it's Lloyd Price, mm. Don King. And mustache James Brown in a room talking about black empowerment. Oh yeah, blackness. I think Muhammad's just sitting in the power of collective action. Yes, and I said, okay, where's the footage of this conversation? But so that 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 opens up. Price was fantastic. Oh no question. I mean, what there's a a a play or something that's going on right now. Okay, with 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 Lloyd. Yeah. Um, um, again, one of the rare times that you uh, uh, see a black man of his stature coming from, I, I, I dare say, will there be the Quincy Jones play? But I mean, Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd comes in and spans, well, pretty much like Quincy. I mean, he spans um, uh, so many generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and his business acumen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there was the film uh, Soul Power. That's the 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 documentary about the concert. Oh, you know what? I, I remember that. I do remember. You're and right. I wish I wish I had seen that in in conjunction with what I'm watching or had watched for, for right, what we're right, discussing. Right. I remember because that, that that would give a whole nother. So now we've we've got homework. We got to go watch because <laughs> I, I mean. I've seen portions of that, especially the spinners. Yeah, from 2008, Soul Power. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Soul Power. So, I mean, because the the fight, the fight was delayed Mm -hmm. because of the injury to George Foreman that George Foreman suffered. But the concert couldn't be delayed. That had to go on. And those guys had other gigs they had to deal. So that is like, look, you boxers, y'all can linger here another several weeks. Mm -hmm. And that created its own dynamic right. uh, which again and i i've i've only just i haven't even opened the door to it but that's where the 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 ebony and jet gossip comes in because during that extended time period um um 
Ali uh, made sure that the person who would become his third wife was uh, a part of that set, mm-hmm. which created additional static um, uh, here in the States with the wife that was, uh, she was part of the visuals when they landed. She went over, but she had a family to tend to. So she came back when the training began. And traditionally with boxers, you're not supposed to be doing anything. So it's like, okay, I'm out, babe. Bring home that five. See when you get back. Um, um, But instead, there were a lot of things that were going on with um, Ali. And reportedly... George Foreman stayed the course. Mm-hmm. He was not wasting his energy, such as it were, in mm-hmm. that dynamic, which is why he was hitting those boxing bags like Oof, he's beating the shit out of him. Oh, it's no question. Again, you have to like 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 something that is crafted so well, you almost can't see the seams. Mm-hmm. Like it just looks like it's un- unfolding naturally, but that is such a powerful moment when George that he's hitting a heavy that bag. Moment, George Foreman hitting a heavy bag. Yeah, like you real like like it was such. It's rocking your it, world, it and is you're just looking at it. like all this talk about his power, all mm-hmm. this talk about, but that scene mm-hmm. just tells you as a viewer everything. No, it was a little bit like, like I think Norman Mailer, like he actually said he would leave an indentation the size of a small watermelon. And I was like, I don't know if I would have used the watermelon imagery, but like, I see what you're saying, but he didn't have to go there. He didn't. Well, 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 Norman. But it is Mailer. Yeah. And he was, and and nigritude is not a bad word. Right, right. Actually. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It was an indentation if you've seen a small watermelon. It was the size. It's the size of a small watermelon. I just don't know if I would have used that as a reference point. Maybe he had just eaten the watermelon. Maybe he had just eaten a small watermelon. There was a point where he even, uh, I think he was uh, referencing Ali um, getting it together to uh, for the comeback mm-hmm. on George Foreman, and and he you know uses the term boy mm-hmm. in a, in a way that mm, <laughs> yes go yeah. yeah, but it is Norman Mailer, and I'm not surprised. And again, he's not one of my more beloved individuals, but I I I. I know he, he he's heralded for what it is that he is and right. he is a white man in America. Right. And to 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 give both of them credit, mm. both him and George Plimpton, mm. they're fantastic storytellers. No, well, doubt. I, I got a lot of time for George Plimpton myself. Yeah, like like they're fantastic storytellers. Oh, no but doubt. it really was like this is ooh. <laughs> this yeah. is very much nineteen ninety six. Very much <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> I know, I know. It's more nineteen sixty six, and 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 George Mailer um, is a part of that that time capsule. Yeah, um, no no question about it. It's, um, I, I mean, if we could redo the film, we probably would would slice it and dice it a few different ways. Uh, what's your take on? I, I guess um, um, on Spike Lee, I. 
Spike's never been like one of my top, top people. I've kind of grown to, I love his movies and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. but Spike himself, I don't know if it's the ego and a few other things, but I'm, I'm not quite sure um, if his contributions in this mattered. I agree. Yeah, I don't think he added to anything yeah. except his name. Right, I, and I needed a black guy. Means at, in 96. Right. Yeah, I needed another black guy yeah. that could speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. the brother spoke French and needed a translator. <laughs> Someone find me a black guy who speaks English. And I think he threw some dollars in there. He helped produce this thing. Yeah, right? I, I believe yeah. so. Right. Yeah. So he, you know. the, yeah, the finish. Yeah, because um, that's the other thing we talked about it. it took 22 years to, to mm-hmm. get this done it, it from what i understand a lot of that was it was locked up you know some yeah, financing the, but the, it was locked the, up in some legalities. legal legalities yeah. mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. um uh, um the country over like some of the, the rights and and stuff like that so that's part, right that was the big part of the with zaire yeah yeah, and I thought some of the music rights. Yeah, it was the music, rights, the music as well. rights. It's yeah, I think it's a similar story to that fantastic documentary from a couple of years ago, Amazing Grace. Mm. Oh yeah, the Franklin documentary mm. where you have this footage, but then like you said, you got to get clearances. Yeah, but I thought also part of that that was Amazing Grace technical. Was, it was technical. Stuff. Yeah, it was technical. It was technical, but and then Reetha and and Reetha but more then it than really anything, was right. who owns what. Who's well, who's yeah. going to sign the clearances? Yeah. Well, that, you know that's that's kind of yeah. Amazing Grace though that 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 was there was technical problems and then there were Retha problems. Yeah, because I heard it was more Aretha. Yeah, right. Like, she well, was, well, she wouldn't she sign. Wasn't, yeah. Right. She wouldn't. Yeah. She. Yeah. Being, and not to veer completely off course, but what? did you see it? Of course. Now that yeah. I saw. You understand, like, in like, the theater. like it's a raw Aretha, like, like that oh, yeah. uh, that dynamic between Aretha and her father. Oh yeah, you see a lot in that documentary that you understand why maybe she didn't want to have that out right. There like like that. I don't necessarily want people to see this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was um, uh, the the music and and all of that. I mean, the not even the the edited because there was the because that's still one of the best selling uh, gospel albums of all time. Oh yeah, and um, and then there was week. the un edited or the longer version which just had which includes her father includes james reverend james cleveland and includes um more of the commentary and you Mm -hmm. just go and all the while i'm listening to that i'm just like oh god i gotta see this movie the visuals the Mm -hmm. visuals i want to see the visuals that go along with this and i was not disappointed but i agree with you i see why Mm mm-hmm Let's end on, on this note. Uh, Bobby, would you recommend that people see When We Were Kings? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. I mean, it's I, I would call it necessary uh, viewing because um, and it, while we diminished um, Spike Lee just a second ago, um, I, I must herald um, and concur with his opinion that um, um, this you see why Muhammad Ali is a hero and heroes mm-hmm. are that the, they're not a dime a dozen. Yeah. The, you, you know, and this, this is that visual. I, I got problems with Muhammad Ali 
and 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 even that title of what a hero is. But when you see it within this visual context, when you see all of what's going on, and even though I can fill in some other blanks, um, you go, okay, that's a stature that's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. He actually, he, he earned it. it and, and if anyone questions, like, why? You go, listen, um, uh, you know, it, not only did he earn it with this fight, I mean, honestly, the physicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This was truly an athlete. Mm-hmm. And it's the one term we have not um, addressed. I mean, he, you know, he talks about being pretty, but <laughs> that body is gorgeous. I mean, he is. I mean, he's a he's a fine man. And and. Oh, he's a pretty man. He's, oh, he's he's pretty, but, you know, from the neck down, it's, it's definitely like yummy, yummy. And, you, you know, but he's also putting in the work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's not just resting on his laurels. Mm-hmm. He's actually, and you go, wow, this is, um, you know, he's pushing the limits uh, of, of his body. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and when you get to the fight portion and he brings out a move, well, he has a couple of those moves. He was leading with that right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, which is what completely threw George Foreman. It's just a, such a Because you're not supposed, just, to, it's right. not supposed to happen. It's such not supposed part. to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It goes from. And and that's where Mailer is really good because as a as a fighter Uh as a fighter it really comes through you know I mean he really broke it down Mm -hmm. and you go oh okay and then I mean because I was really truly a a little kid watching at the time rope a dope was a term you know yeah. like mm-hmm. st- stick a move or stick and move which i found out was the real true term i thought it was stick a move <laughs> but we still knew you know right yeah you make sure you dot <laughs> dot in that person's nose or eye but that's another story i'm revealing my roots um <laughs> um but bobby's roots <laughs> time on the mission <laughs> um, um but you know, to 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 really, truly have a visual definition of what the rope dope is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and see it, you know, as it played out over the course of three rounds. I mean, if you think about that punching bag, and you realize mm. that Cassius Clay, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Was definitely that punching bag for three for rounds. For three rounds. Willingly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, good Jesus Christ. This is what the rope dope is? What a tactic. And, and but it and, worked. Unless you think that it was no. just a spur of the moment, you see the origins of that in the sparring session with Larry Holmes. Right. Good point. Yeah. Right. Good point. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it, it's. It is a, it is a fascinating movie. I had a chance to see this doc ages ago, probably ages ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, in that time period, 
um, you know, not just life for me has occurred, but with everyone else involved with this. You've seen um, uh, the demise of Muhammad Ali and, of course, his struggles with uh, Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. which was more than likely brought on from um, his engagement as a a boxer. Mm -hmm. You could dare say even... You might see the beginning. You, you hear yeah. it a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're like, that's starting to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of that, um, you, 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 you know what has happened with George Foreman, whom, is, you, you know, while he looks great, looks nothing <laughs> like he did yeah. when he was the type of physical specimen he right. was in that era. Right. And I will applaud this documentary for one thing, not giving, um, um, what's his name? Who, Don King? No, no, not Don King. Who's the, uh, the, the sports guy? Howard Cosell? Right. Not giving him more than he needed. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. I yeah. really applaud that this right. yeah. just stay in his lane. Right. Mm-hmm. Let him have that peace. Right. Have Ali give that response. And then that was it. Yeah. Because you because he's a character that you can't easily mm, he's you, you can't dismiss him, but it's hard to just keep him in a limited right. space. Mm-hmm. Right. And they That's did. True. They did a good job mm-hmm. with just letting Cosell be Cosell for that time period. But yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, if I was setting up the, 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 the Black History or Juneteenth Freedom Day Celebration Film Festival, I'm taking that from something going on here. If I was setting that up, this would be one of the, this would definitely be one of the features. I hear you. I hear you. Um, just real quick, when you were talking about Vincent, how, Muhammad Ali is the hero kind of like conversely means that whomever he's up against is the villain. Yeah. It it happens sometimes like that, I think, when and it doesn't happen often because how often do we have a Muhammad Ali? Right. But every once in a while there are these figures who who illuminate so brightly, who reign so supremely over their craft or their arena that all others just can't help but be sometimes, you know, become the villains in their wake. Mm-hmm. And it happens with Muhammad Ali. I think it happens with Michael Jordan. When you right. look at the players that he went up against, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I think, and that was something that, you know, George Foreman struggled with. And I, it's, great to see him come through on the other side. Right. You know, um, and to the point where the two of them reconciled um, and I don't know if they were friends, but they they spoke of actually reconciliation sure. later. Um, and you see George Foreman living a much more healthier, happier life. Um, I think someone who definitely got mired in that is we've talked about Joe Frazier. Sure. Um, you know, uh, and which is the cause with some of my conflicting Sure, sure. Philadelphia's own Joe Frazier. Philadelphia's own. Yes. Present. Yes. All right. Anyway. Hey, the source of Rocky. Thank you. That they 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 hate to admit it, 
But darn it. Rocky is Joe. Anyway. Yes. So that being said, I would recommend that people see when when we were kings. Of course. I think that it is um, one of the better documentaries um, that I've seen over the last, what, it's now over 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, knocking on 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and it's a time capsule and it's the best type of time capsule because Mm -hmm. I don't think it is... It's slightly editorialized. I can't say it's not 100% editorialized, but it is very much a window into that world. Yeah. Um, I think just like we've all alluded to, you could probably take whatever is edited out and come out with a just as equally captivating documentary, maybe even a little bit more more so. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, um, but I think it's definitely something that people should see. And I will go three for three. Absolutely. I... um. I'll go the other way, much like Bobby talked about as someone who only really knows Muhammad Ali as the cultural icon. Mm-hmm. This is a great showcase for, ironically, Muhammad Ali, the athlete. Mm-hmm. Like you you understand his mastery of this sport mm. and his mastery of his craft and 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 much like you, I, I think any in, any reservations I have about Norman Mailer and and the way his, his, the, the way he sort of navigates race, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his skill and his observational skills and and his storytelling skills and his commentary mm-hmm. really helped to showcase just how good Muhammad Ali was as a boxer and frankly how cerebral boxing can be. Mm. You know, I think for many of us who don't watch boxing, you think it's just two dudes in a match banging on each other's heads. But there's a lot that goes into it. And I think this documentary, for George Foreman as well, frankly, like as much as we talk about Muhammad Ali being this sort of very cerebral scientist, I, I really admired the way they talked about George Foreman strategizing as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would absolutely recommend Even this. with George, while he may have been awkward in, in how he engaged with the press, um, I appreciated the assessment that Plimpton in particular uh, gave to him because um, he has a different style of speaking and mm-hmm. dealing and um they couldn't figure if it was if it was deep or evasive or or, or <laughs> what right, right and it was really all of the above and then some but again i know we touched about uh, upon this earlier that that transference that the 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 glib george that exists now mm-hmm. um um you you know was was kind of born in those moments, mm-hmm. um, and obviously he had a master class How just about being that? there. How about that? I, I I mean, gosh, we only saw just a portion of Ali um, uh, going the route that he went in terms of of just his incessant rhyming and the way he he deals with. Um, uh, those those conversations and and uh, 
you know, the boosting of not just himself, but all of those around him in terms of how he uh, uh, has those word charms. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was appreciative of that last story that that made me um, uh, jump online and start doing research immediately um, where Plimpton uh, shared um, about him addressing the Harvard class Mm -hmm. and someone asked for a poem and and he said what the shortest poem that is is acknowledged that 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 is and and that and this and this was off the dome we're talking about um um a muhammad ali who is in the throes of uh, of the process of um, dealing with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he left his notes and he responded, me, we. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, if you, if you, you know, go and search or whatever, I mean, there, there are campaigns that have been set up uh, in, in the UK. All of this still goes back and credits Muhammad Ali with, delivering the shortest poem in 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 human history and something that is potent in terms of activism and social consciousness and even an understanding of of simply our place in this world right so it it, it it's a, a dynamic um presentation that um goes beyond the physicality yeah. And and ends on that cerebral note. Yeah. You know? And in the end, um, is respectful uh at all times mm-hmm. um to the sport of boxing and its participants. Even a Don King. Even a Don King. He is he is handled with respect. Yeah. You can't ask for more. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is our review. Yes. Of hey. When We Were Kings with our very special guest, Bobby Booker. Bobby Booker. Hey. Bobby Booker. You hear any noise? Just me and the boys. <laughs> Bring out my little Ali Johns. You, you know go. what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> People have been blowing us up asking when they, where they can hear you, Bobby. Oh, Wow. I know you can listen to Bobby Booker on WRTI 90.1 FM here in Philadelphia. Yes, sir. Or you can listen to you live on online. You can go to the website, WRTI.org. Yes, you can. I'm on every night, Monday through Fridays. I host Jazz Through the Night from midnight to 6 Mm a.m. Every second Sunday, I have a show that's my heart show, and that's called Spirit Soul Music on WRTI from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., where we explore the spiritual message in secular music primarily. So all that stuff you used to listen to back in the day, the earth, wind and fires Ooh. and all those prayers. Cause there's one thing about black music. That's really interesting, primarily black music, but you know, our stage, our first stages for the most part were the church mm-hmm. and all of those artists that became big. If you go back and pull out any of those albums, the last song on almost Every, Every album, album yeah, is dedicated yeah. in some way or another to a spiritual message. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm out there looking for those charms. So I do all that work so you don't have to. All you got to do is listen, listen, listen. Um, And what a joy and a treat to hang out with you gentlemen. Mm -hmm. You know, your show, I don't want to lose that. Your your Sunday show, you helped, you introduced me to one of my new favorite songs. Who what? Oh, Life is a Moment by Roy Ayers. (laughs) You know that's your joint. That's my that's joint. That's my joint. That's right. It's, it's how we <laughs> Life go Life is a moment. That's right. Don't you dare forget. That's right. Oh look, boy, someone actually listens. I like. Oh, them. I'm not. Oh, a lot. I'm not joking. I know. Uh, I'm actually a fan. <laughs> oh shit! I yeah. think I'm gonna blush uh-huh. tomorrow. Bob, you just don't. You just do not know the conversations <laughs> your show has sparked here before the mics turn on. No, oh, yeah. Show mission. Oh, listen. And uh, Toya says she is totally into this and we'll be definitely thanks tuning Toy. in uh, for Bobby. Bobby thank you yes absolutely mm-hmm. so much alright um, let's do it again please because yeah. we already did it again so let's do it one more once please please <laughs> come back whenever I'll go watch something <laughs> Bobby, just, will, just Bobby Booker will be with us where she will quote watch something I'll watch something <laughs> Oh, my God. Before we're going to tell you what we'll be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check out the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made on MichaudeMission.com, where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs and gifts that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at Public, including our Six Degrees of Derville Martin collection, which we've gotten a couple of people sending us the pictures. If you've got your Derville Martin swag, please send us a picture, put it in our Facebook group so that we can shout it out to all of our followers. I'm talking to you, Pharaoh. Um, (laughs) Also, feel free next week, Vincent. Yes, sir. It begins. It begins. We're going to start playing the voicemails. (laughs) So if you want to leave us a voicemail, ladies and gentlemen, the lines are open. 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent Len what's on your mind. The Michelle voicemail. It's a thing. Yeah, yes, it is. Let us know what's on your mind. Doesn't matter. Tell it. We're right there. Or if you feel moved, you can still send us an email at Michelle Mission at gmail.com. Follow the Michelle Mission on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe on YouTube and Twitch at Michelle Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate thepodglomerate.com they make podcasts work and if you really want to help our show please give us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts because that's the way people find our show next week Vincent yes sir oh Bobby you may might wish you were here for this one Uh, I won't be (laughs) we are going to the year of 1959 for a film that is equally hard to get but we have secured a copy of Ooh. Dorothy Dandridge uh oh Sidney Poitier uh oh Sammy Davis Jr summertime in the living is easy Porgy and Bess ladies and mm. gentlemen I love you Porgy <laughs> it ain't necessarily so holla 
No, it is necessarily mm-hmm. so. Next week here <laughs> on the Michelle Mission. Oh, this, this. I'm there. This, this is, this is, this is one of them right here. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, boy. All right. Till next week, ladies and gentlemen. He's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.